100 punks rule. 100 punks rule. All right, I'm fuck. I'm kind of hot on the microphone. You're listening to that was uh that was Billy Idol. No, I'm sorry. That was Generation X uh, with 100 punks rule. Um, Generation X featured Billy Idol, which uh, he would go on to be Billy Idol. Um, I always wondered what. I always wondered was Billy Idol like a. Oh, you're listening to Jed Banger's Ball, by the way. This is your host, Jed Mayhew. Um, I was wondering uh, if Billy Idol was like a. Was he ever like a real punk? Like, would he. Did he get respect from the other punks? I'm sure there were. Maybe in like. Uh, not Please Kill Me, because that deals mostly with like New York and shit, but. Um, I wonder. I wonder if you if you asked like an old British punk guy like, you know, I'm sure Waddy or somebody would be like, I was fucking tosser. But, um, you know, uh, if you uh, I wonder if any of the old punks, if he was actually like a real punk was Generation X a real punk band or was this one of these uh, kind of put together. After the Sex Pistols, oh fuck! I just hit my. There we go. I hit the headphones. It was put together like like a boy band after the Sex Pistols came out or something like that. Like a more, like a more f- family friendly version of the Sex Pistols, um, that uh, you know the labels could kind of control versus EMI and was it Warner Brothers that they went to after EMI or who the fuck did this? Anyways, um. Today's guest uh, is going to be, and I'm going to keep this short because the interview is long, uh, Lars Finberg uh, of the intelligence of uh, the A-frames of the current Lars Finberg band of um, the Unnatural Helpers and then a couple other bands, but uh, those are kind of the ones that uh, I'm most familiar with. Uh, having just seen Lars Finberg band, who also we fuck we didn't even get into this in the podcast. I just realized this is so stupid. Um, but uh, fe- the Lars Finberg band features uh, Lauren Marie Micus. If I, I can't remember if I'm saying that right, um, also on Jed Banger's Ball. Um, what the fuck episode was she on? Fuck Jed Banger's Ball. Let me look it up here. Jet Bangers Ball Bandcamp. That's when I I stopped hosting them up on Bandcamp because it's just I don't know it's just like one more thing and it's a pain in the ass. Ah, Lauren Marie Micus was episode twenty three, which was the last episode before our hiatus. Um, so go back and check that one out. It's up on iTunes. But she's playing guitar and keyboards in the Lars Finberg band, and I think that we talked about her a little bit. Just not talked about her, but like she got mentioned off the air just because you know mutual she's a mutual friend of ours um but i don't think we brought it up in the podcast um so go check out her interview uh episode 23 uh and yeah uh i wanted to say um that no sponsors this week i'll get back to it next week uh you know if you want to sponsor get in touch um I'd love to get a sponsor or like, you know, anyways, uh, Lars Finberg band is playing with, uh, my band zigzags, uh, and OCs at the Terragram ballroom 
August 31st this month. Apparently the show's sold out. I didn't know that until we got into the podcast and Lars mentioned that it was sold out. Um, so if you haven't gotten tickets, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know what to say about that. The next night, uh, which would be September 1st, Lars Finberg Band is also playing again with the Fresh and Onlys and Earth Girl Helen Brown. Is that what I, is that the fuck what it's called? Um, Heidi's Band? Earth Girl Helen Brown, yes. Earth Girl Helen Brown and the, uh, um, Oh, the Lars Finru Band, Earth Girl Helen Brown, the Fresh and Onlys are playing at Resident September 1st. So go to that one. We'll be at that one. And I'm doing a solo show with Eric Johnson of the Fruit Bats September 7th at the Resident. That's under just Jedediah J. Mayhew or whatever the fuck you want to call it. That's my, uh, those are my country songs, um, which I'm, you know, I'm in the process of sort of recording and trying to figure out what the fuck to do with those and i don't know i want to get them out there we'll see what happens but anyways lars and i have been friends and bandmates and roommates for almost 20 years now so um the pod the the episode you're about to hear uh it I, i don't it's hard to interview someone you've known that long um because you don't need to ask them any questions. I already know everything. Uh, but we did get into some fun stories, so I'm stoked on those. I feel like we sh- the whole plan was to just get drunk and fucking hang out and hit record, which is, I think, ultimately would be the... Sorry, I, I went to Langer's earlier today. I had the number 19 with a celery soda. Nothing... I, I think... Jewish deli is probably my favorite food of all time um, as far as if I had to eat it every single day. Um, and and I wouldn't eat a pastrami sandwich. I'm not even a big fan of pastrami. It's just that the Langer's deli pastrami sandwich is like... And I'm never down there. They're on 7th and... That's what I should get. Fucking Langer's to sponsor the show. 7th and Alvarado. Uh, you can park down the street and they will validate your parking. Um, but, you know, what? I, the really good thing is that Sat at the counter, had the pastrami sandwich, had the celery soda, looked around. Everybody's like in their, uh, you know, 50s and up, let's say that. Um, and all, you know, all races, uh, very L.A. sort of uh, cross mixture of people. Um, and it just was nice to see a bunch of people sitting around eating uh, and and talking and not looking at their fucking phones. I'll just say that. Uh, currently, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just fucking done with fucking... Right now, I'm done with politics. We've given money to causes that we believe in. We've supported people that we believe in. Uh, we support all of our friends, no matter what anyone's fucking race, sexuality, anything, anything like that. Everybody's equal everybody's cool um but as far as like fucking marching for anything anymore like me personally i'm ready to go to the woods i'm done you can't fucking talk to anyone anymore everyone's on their fucking phone bitching about each other and it was just nice to eat a pastrami sandwich have a celery soda look at a bunch of people having lunch together and talking and seemingly having a good time and nobody was on their phone 
Uh, anyways, uh, I think I fucking said when Lars is playing. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to end the intro now. And I'm going to end the intro now. I got to tell you that. Let's talk to Lars Finberg. Fonzie's drinking. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's easier to, I don't know, the whole situation is just easier as far as like fucking, I don't know, it used to just stress me out to be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Now I don't care. at least i'm not sitting in a van right now this is nice (laughs) or yeah i know i was fucking i was telling someone that the other day Uh, we went and had dinner with some people the other night and like everyone just keeps asking like uh oh like what are you gonna do this summer like are you guys going anywhere and i'm just like after that european tour i'm just like i don't want to go anywhere like i'm like totally fine with like working right now like (laughs) I just don't want to like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to do anything. What I think the weirdest thing is, it's it's like when you book those tours, you're usually like in your shitty job and you're like, just get me on the road, dude. And then as soon as you get in the van, you go, oh yeah, this is all it is. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Totally. Fucking, I could hang out with these two dudes and leave whenever I want to if we're at home. But now I'm just like, yeah, best friends, 20 hours a day. I know. It's fucking gnarly. Yeah, I know. I was just like, I was just like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like kind of in a, in a fine space as far as like having a job, which I haven't been yeah. before. And now I'm like, ooh, what, what other jobs can I get? <laughs> <laughs> before I was like, ooh, what kind of, ooh, I want to yeah. write a song. How do I get out of this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, how can, can I save up a bunch of money so that I'm always not touring? Yeah, right. I know. That's. <laughs> Well, we haven't talked about it, but uh, I've been like, like totally getting obsessed with this fucking Bitcoin shit. Uh-huh. Like it's totally ridiculous, and like I've made money doing it weirdly, and like, but now I'm just getting like too obsessed. And then like this guy the other day was like, because I'm always just like sending shit out on Twitter talking about it or whatever. And this guy's like, he's like, I'm like my friend who knows me is like, uh, I I'm not really sure what this whole uh, gag you got going on with the Bitcoin thing is he's like, he's like it's a weird comedy hill to die on but I'm willing to find out where this is all going yeah. and I was like no I'm really like the Arby's thing took a while but it really paid off but this Bitcoin thing is gonna be oh yeah I know I moved over from Arby's oh, oh shit man but yeah um, I mean do you are you planning on like touring like the states anytime soon or anything like that i don't think so we're doing like a baby wimpy tour i mean we're doing like three dates with proto martyr like san francisco la and um arizona intelligence or lars finberg lars, i don't think intelligence is going to do anything we're going to play like we got asked to play like the fun house's birthday in december which right. i just said yes to a while ago but yeah I, um it's more fun doing this here in town and shit so I don't, yeah we don't have even plans to record or anything so Right. But like, but the last time you told me was like, if you go to Europe, that's the band. What's that? The intelligence. Well, that's part of like starting this thing is like, I don't want to change. I don't want to do the intelligence. Like I was right. just, I like doing it with Dave and Drew and like, right. and Kaden, so. <laughs> I, got, I got a question for you later in the inter- <laughs> <laughs> interview. Um, so it's funny cause I, when I have people on here and then like that I've known for a long time, I'm just, I just like try to. Like, I'm trying to remember, like, when you and I first met now, which I fucking don't. I have no clue. I saw 
the intelligence. I think you must have been friends with Dean. I saw the intelligence an early, early show um, at Fox's, I think. Oh, okay. One of those nights that the, yeah the yeah i think we only played there once that was where mike warren played like we played an entire he played a different song through the our entire one and a half minute song <laughs> with me and dean just glaring at him like while he's just ripping as hard as he could <laughs> this totally different song <laughs> and it made him apologize he went like what at the end and we went wrong song i apologize to, be- to these people which is <laughs> and so he like i handed him the microphone on the stand like with a loud like duke yeah and he had that he went i'm sorry oh we man that's gotta be I've, i that's gotta be the first time because i'm it must have been was dean originally in the intelligence or he was the first drummer okay and the drummer so, for a long time yeah right and so he he must have told me about that show and said come down or something like that because that's probably the yeah. first um <laughs> the funny thing about mike worm to me is that uh like i remember like i saw what was dean's band with him the original one the, double fudge oh not double fudge welcome the, welcome yeah. yeah i saw welcome play another i think this is like when i first became friends with dean and uh i saw welcome play and like Mike had like you know this really crazy setup where it was like he was running like his guitars through like through a, an old tape machine like a tape machine yeah. yeah which I've since seen people do yeah but that was the first time I'd ever seen that and also he had he had these like pedals that were made out of like wooden like fruit <laughs> uh, like a pineapple like a like a carved pineapple that he had like built electronics into it uh-huh. and then he was using that as like a distortion or something yeah. like that and then the other thing was i remember he was like living in his van uh and he had like rigged the van like up. decked out though it had like astro t- it was wrapped in astro turf on the inside is that what it's called that putting green yeah it was, i remember it was like black it was like black astro turf yeah all over and then it had like <laughs> It's easy to clean, like wipe down when you spill the spaghetti. You just you scrub it out with more afterturf. <laughs> opposite of Velcro. Yeah, uh, it's but a suit you put on and just roll around in there. It's like uh, what was it? The drummer of Pavement had that uh, had that. What's the drum? Mike? Wait, Dave. The crazy one. Yeah, Gary, Gary Young. Gary Young. He had that video where he's wearing like a astroturf plant suit. man. Plant man. Yeah. <laughs> Plant Man on Omnibus Records that was put that out on the first Om- intelligence oh, uh, right. CD. Well, because Omnibus is out of Sacramento, right? Yeah. So they're probably not a, they're not unfamiliar with Stock- Stockton, <laughs> California. Um, but their be- Gary Young's their Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Shins, also though, Shins. Um, but I remember. So then he had the astroturf in there. Then he had like these like <laughs> like it looked like. Uh, the paneling off of like an old episode of like Star Trek, you know, like little switches yeah. and then the like LEDs or whatever, you know? Yeah. So you had all this shit. And then like years later, like now, I get like a, I get like a LinkedIn from him. <laughs> <laughs> a LinkedIn sent to your pager that you didn't know had batteries in it still. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, just thinking of the dude from the van 17 years ago is now like on LinkedIn, like going like invite, yeah. like let's yeah. be friends on LinkedIn, you know. Mike Warren, 2000 at Earthlink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, 
that time we were on the intelligence, we can the the where uh, we were like <laughs> try I drove him back from that snowstorm, and then like you were like we were like whatever happened to that guy? He was like some guy in a band, and you were like, or and then Dean was like, uh, he goes, oh, I don't know, he like stopped playing music. <laughs> we had been through a horrible start snowstorm. We were like he stopped playing music and like he. Uh, you know, bought a house and he's got like a wife and like two kids and like, I don't know, he's got like this like high paying job and stuff. And then you're like, loser. (laughs) (laughs) We had just played to like five people the night before. They walked out of the the, show. uh, It was uh, like beer pong championship and the place was packed and thought it was going to be our best show. And they all left as soon as the music started. Yeah. Oh man. Um so uh so you when did you end up in Seattle? I moved there um about a like half year after high school and I graduated in 92 and okay. moved in January of 93. And uh from Bakersfield? Mm-hmm. And you were born in Bakersfield then? Yeah. Grew up there. Born, grew up there, did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I liked it up until you know, 12, yeah. and then you become aware of your surroundings. I feel that whatever. way. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I, the Eastern Washington, I kind of have a similar... East, Eastern Washington and Bakersfield is not that fucking far off. No. Yeah. And it was, you know, anything... I mean, skateboarding was super weird. Yeah. You know, so it was... Totally. You know, getting picked on. Well, and I mean, Bakersfield, I'm still, like, trying to figure out because it's me, like... Me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like it, like... I want to like, I mean, I like the history of like the country music and all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and like, I feel like, uh, sorry, it's so fucking hot in here. We no, no turn the bands off to do this thing. Um, just with the history of the country music and turning the fans off is my move. <laughs> <laughs> That's live. Just with the history of like, you know, Buck Owens, Merle Haggard is Glenn Campbell was, is, was he? No, he wasn't. I bigger. don't think so. I don't think so. Or just, I guess, just because he recently passed away. But just, I like, I really want to like it because of that. But I feel like, I don't know, does Bakersfield do like a good job of like honoring that stuff, like in the way that like Memphis does or Nashville or I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I don't think so. I think that's why like Buck Owens Crystal Palace is kind of an anomaly there. Yeah. You know, that it's that guy, the singer who invented it all, has to decide that there's going to be a tribute and a museum to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't think. I mean, maybe with old timers or whatever, but I don't think that, uh, it's not a small town. Yeah. And I would imagine a lot of people don't know about it. Like I didn't know about that growing up in high school and stuff. Yeah. And most of Bakersfield is, you know, giant white pickup trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Not listening to that kind of music. I know. It's so weird though. It's like, I like how many people, like what's the population of Bakersfield? I don't know. I think it's. It's like four hundred thousand or something. It's it's not it's, tiny. Yeah, no, it's not. But that's like, that's like Memphis. Memphis. That's bigger than Memphis, though. Yeah. But like, I just feel like there's not. I mean, not that not that there needs to be like a hard rock cafe or whatever. But it's just it's just kind of odd that it's like there's so much stuff from I there. I mean, to have a, something called the Bakersfield Sound, yeah. and then not have anybody care about <laughs> yeah, it that lives there. It's, it's really funny. bizarre. Yeah. To me, and. uh I mean, have you ever played? Did you play shows there in high school? I played. Um, 
I only played a um, Battle of the Bands in high school. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? Here, Jess. Okay. It was all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you played a Battle of the Bands. Battle of the Bands, yeah. We uh, wanted to be called... It was a three-piece. I played bass. We wanted to be called the Junkies, and they wouldn't let us. <laughs> they wouldn't let you. The school paper. They wouldn't let us. The school paper said, "What's your name for like the listing or whatever?" Uh, said the Junkies, and then it came back through someone. You can't be called that. So oh, because it was a school battle of bands. Yeah, just the high school didn't like the name the Junkies. So yeah. Then I said, "Okay, we're called Jesus," and they <laughs> liked that even less, but they had to accept it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Junkie Christ. Yeah. Um, did you guys win? No. Uh, the band that won was just the um, kind of stoner ripper. Like there was three musician guys, like one guy that had played guitar his whole life. And then like, right. a guy that looked like his name was Vince and he should be on like the star of Dazed and Confused. Uh -huh. Didn't wear a shirt a lot. Was very cool. Uh, and the guy that played the quarterback from Days and Confused? Uh, no, actually, the guy that uh, tries to have the party, the keg party. The stoner guy? The stoner guy oh. with the weird bangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, his shirt open. Yeah, yeah, that, that guy. guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy's cool. Yeah. Um, that guy, was, the, those guys were the band that won? Yeah. And what the were guy, they called? This other guy that like was an extreme slap bass dude. <laughs> so they did like a rush cover and then they went, we're just going to jam. Yeah. And they jammed and just destroyed. Yeah. It sounded like if Primus was in tune. What was your, what was your band like? We were like um, the Shags meets Jane's Addiction. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a joke, but that's accurate. Like, yeah, we had a good. Did you player. know about the Shags, or you're no, just no, saying no, no? That, saying... that was our musical. Yeah. Two, no, actually, just mine. The drummer was great too. That's Shags is Shags is a stretch, but it. Was well, I, you just mean as far as like crappy capability. Addiction. Yeah, yeah. But actually, the guitar player had like one of those, uh, you know, those pedal boards that have all the circle. You know, it circle? has like two thousand sounds in it. Oh, like and a... all the pedals that you step on are those little circles because there's like 10 of them oh Just right those weird like digital a multi-effects yeah. pedal board like a michael yonkers kind of situation way worse than that yeah. but tons of like really cheap flangers yeah. and stuff like that yeah. so like we really liked jane's addiction like pretty intro and yeah like, get crunchy yeah 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 uh, loud uh loud quiet loud yeah that was a lot of that sort of stuff is that what you guys were listening to back then jane's addiction yeah, the drummer was obsessed with Jane's Addiction yeah. and play a lot of those beats and stuff. Jane's Addiction was fucking huge for me in high school, too. I don't know why. I'm listening to it all the time now. Yeah, like, no. It's we... taking me, it's so ingrained in my DNA that I'm just like, this is just perfect music. I know. Jess and I <laughs> fucking, we drove to this like music festival the other like couple weeks ago. And uh, like halfway through, I was like, I was like on Spotify and I was trying to find something and then it was just like, I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to like whatever the, the new release section. Cause they, all the fucking records come out there now. Like you can just listen to like the new Solange record or whatever uh -huh. the fuck. So we started listening to it and like, we got like three bands in, you know, like we get like to the war on drugs or something mm -hmm. like that. And then it's just like, Jess was like, can you put Jane's addiction on? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then we put it on. I was like, fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> like, it's so fucking good. Them and like, 
I don't know why Jane's Addiction was already like not even a band anymore when mm-hmm. I when I first heard them. I think yeah, they were like it was like Porno for Pyros was out or whatever, uh, and I think pretty much which that was like the first big show that I saw Porno for at Pyros Castake Lake yeah because there was no bigger all ages shows in Bakersfield right Castake Lake did it was. Uh, Rage Against the Machine before their record came out, opening Ooh. for Porno for Pyros yeah. before their record came out. Yeah, was, was there a lot of people there? Yeah, it was. Packed. Yeah, yeah. Rage Against the Machine played in Tri Cities too. Before it's weird. We had like I think that's what I'm saying. Eastern Washington and Bakersfield was kind of similar in that like there's a lot of like just kind of like farmers and that cowboys and shit kicker yeah thing and then a lot of that. But then like weirdly big enough that like bands would kind of like go through there and play like I th- like green day played there like before the dookie record came out mm-hmm. fugazi play i saw fugazi there in like 90 fucking two or something like that and uh and like rage against the machine played there um and it was just like I didn't know these bands, you know, it was like before they were huge. It was mm-hmm. weird, you know. And you didn't know them before they came No, I didn't know who that any of them were. I didn't know who Fugazi was. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. What like, a s- insane surprise that would be with no, like, lead up and not knowing what that is. Never having heard Fugazi before. Never having heard the name before. <laughs> knowing that nothing. sucks. Knowing nothing. <laughs> like, no, that name's awesome now. Yeah, no, the name was like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, I was like, oh, this is like an African band or something. Yeah. You know, like, I was like, oh, Fugazi. Like, they're going to be like a weird funk band. Or yeah. so, you know, like, no fucking clue who they were. Nothing, no, like, didn't know what Minor Threat was, mm-hmm. didn't know what, like, DC Hardcore, like, yeah. no, no concept How of it. old are you when this happens? This is, like, I think I was 12. Whoa. And our, the reason why was because my best friend at the time who I played baseball with, two of my best friends who I played baseball with, both of them, both of their older brothers were in, like, the one good band from that town. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, really, like, for for that area, they were like the like the weird couple families that knew like what was going on. Like yeah. they had a skate ramp, and like you know, they were into like they were into like uh, Nation of Ulysses and shit like that, you know. And I just I just went because it was like, oh, we're gonna go see a band play, you know? Yeah, crazy. Um, but what else? What what like what kind of music were you were you listening to in high school though? <clears throat> uh, I, I got turned. You know, mostly stuff through skate videos and stuff. So, yeah, you know, fire hose and oh yeah, dad, like anything that was in a skate video, you like Sonic Youth and stuff like that. But totally. Talking about Green Day, I remember going, like hearing that first album in a skate video, and had to go to the warehouse. Is that the Kerplunk one? Uh, it's the one before that. Okay. And uh, it has like twenty five songs on it. Or something. Yeah, yeah. And it had to go and like special order that from the warehouse and wait two weeks for it to come on a CD. Right. And then they played, I think, get the whiskey. And we drove down here. Here. Yeah. Before Dookie came out. Right. They were opening for No Effects. Right. And it was, I mean, there was probably, I mean, a lot of people for No Effects, but like maybe twenty people for Green Day. Green Day play. Yeah. And they played even that Longview hit. Yeah. Like, this song's not out yet, but it's new. And you were like, that's good. Yeah. But as we walked in, um, waiting in line, I'm uh, like walking through the door and I feel this, like my back is gets totally wet. Uh-huh. 
And I go, that's not right. And then I go, oh, it's really hot. And I turn around <laughs> and this tiny girl has projectile vomited, puke, like from my neck to my butt on the back of the shirt, like even wrapping around before the side. Before the show? Before the, as I'm walking in the door. Oh. And I turn around and she's just like, has, you know, puke all around her mouth and is completely wasted. Just goes, I'm so sorry. Oh and my God. I mean, you can be mad at her because it was... What did you do? I went to the, I mean, the horrible bathroom and tried to reach around my oh. back with paper towels and had no change of clothes or anything. Of course. It's two, two hours from Bakersfield. Yeah. I'm just going to chill in this hot barf t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so fucked it's, up. How old were you? Uh, Like 17. Oh, see, dude, I would have been horrible. so self-conscious about that, though. I was, but there was no, uh, there was nothing other than sit in the car and cry and I miss know. the show. Like, know. Oh, or take my shirt off. I would just be it's so... Like, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's such a, like, no-win situation yeah. because, like, I would... Like, at that time when I was 17, I went to, like, rock shows or whatever, like, just, like, being around girls was so, like, nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. And then just being, like... I smell pee. Like, can she smell all this pee? <laughs> Versus... Were you just pretending that you don't completely reek of puke? Like, <laughs> Versus... it's bringing tears to my eyes, but maybe she can't tell. Totally. Yes. And versus, like, taking off your shirt at that time, which yeah. is, like, even worse. Well, like, to be, like, the shirtless guy there. Like, if you're not the guy that's, like, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm the like shirtless guy. Oh, and, like, skin and bones, too. <laughs> like, two belts tied together to hold up these giant Dickies pants. Yeah. But I remember I went to the bathroom and there was no uh, no paper towel. So my only idea was to ask my friend, who I ended up hating because of his answer. He's like, "What are you gonna do?" And I went, "Look, man, there's n- I can't do anything. Can I just like bend down and kind of wipe the chunks like on the bottom of your pant legs on your jeans?" I'm like, "Can I just kind of like scoop, dude? Because I mean, it's drenched with like you're gonna wipe the puke." From your shirt onto his jeans? Well, I, I was like, I'll basically lay on the ground. But just because that's as far away from you. This is my stupid idea. But I'm like, I, I love just this. the bottom of your jeans, man. Let me just kind of. And he wouldn't oh let me. I went, dude. What a shitty friend. I Yeah, that guy's terrible. Why not? I don't understand why you couldn't just have him like grab some paper towels and just like. There weren't any paper towels. Oh my that's God. I go into the bathroom oh and it's just like God. a 19, you know, it got trashed Dude, when Poison played there I 20 know. years before and they never oh, <laughs> restocked the paper towels. God, I know. It's the worst. I've yeah. been like, it's just like, those places are always the fucking worst for that too. Like if you have to take a shit or something, like <laughs> I've had to take a shit in like Hollywood bars before and just like you get done and then you like reach for the toilet paper and it's just a fucking brown roll there. Like with all this toilet paper is gone. It's just like, uh, oh, what do I do now? Yeah. Oh my God. That's you have to fun. wad that up into a ball and make it softer <laughs> for over 40 minutes of wadding it up and fanning it back out. Soak it in the toilet like you're like a... Like, <laughs> Doing some like prison experiment Make or something. Toilet wine. Yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're making like a paper mache version yeah. of yourself <laughs> that you then like bring back to the yeah. club, and so you can sneak out with your shit filled yeah. pants. Oh my god! Oh, that was the, that was the thing I was the, on that uh, fucking comedians in cars getting coffee. Um, uh, Super Dave tells a joke where he's like. Uh, <laughs> the two guys are at the bar, and the one guy throws up on his shirt. And then, uh, uh, he, he, his, oh. 
his friend is like, he puts like, he's like, here, just. Uh, oh, I'm going to get, my wife's going to kill me. Yeah, he goes, here's 20 bucks. When you get home, tell him that, or here's 10 bucks or something. Yeah. He's like, tell your wife that someone threw up on your shirt. And, and gave you 10 bucks to get it dry clean. Yeah, and then he sorry. gets home and his wife's like, why is there a 20 in here? He's like, What's the, someone shit in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Jess that, that that used to be my joke all the time, like like getting, getting fucked up and uh, shitting in your pants and then going like, someone shit in my pants. <laughs> and then going, I wouldn't, they're like, you shit in your pants. You're like, I wouldn't do that to me. Like, come on. They're not mine. I'm borrowing these. Oh, fuck. Um, so you saw? Oh, you saw Green Day, and then No Effects played. No Effects played. Yeah. yeah, not my cup of tea. Yeah, you know, I never, I never got that. Either. I, I did like Green Day in high school, and uh, oh, this is the other thing. I, oh, I got a, two Green Day things. The thing was uh, when they played the they played the Tri Cities. I didn't see them play the Tri Cities, um, but the same friends' older brothers band opened up for them. And then the next day at school, the rumor between me and all my friends was that Green Day was gay. Like, not like gay as in lame, but that they were actually like gay guys. The cool gay. Well, not even, <laughs> we were like, we didn't know if there was a cool gay or not. I'm we kidding, were, I know how we were, a we were like, in Tri-Cities yeah. is talking about. No, we were like, oh no, can we like them? They're gay. And then, then someone was like, how do you know they're gay? And then one of the guys was like, my older brother said that they were just acting really gay. <laughs> so we were like having this big debate because we loved yeah. Dookie and we were just like, oh, I don't know if they're gay though. Like we were really con- conflicted. <laughs> um, years later, I was hanging out with uh, Dave Hernandez from your band and we ran into a very drunk Billy Joe Armstrong on the street. You, you heard that story, right? I can't remember it, though. The long and short of it is that, like... Is that, like, Chop Suey or whatever that Yeah, he was be, right? really drunk. Break. I love We this. were walking on the street. I was with Laura and Gwen, I think. And for, you know, for everyone listening to this who knows those people. Uh, and we, we saw him, and he was like, I want to hang out with you guys. He was, like, with his, like, bodyguard or something like that. And we were like, okay. We took him to Chop Suey... He proceeded to like, he dropped like a thousand dollars on the floor, like getting his ID <laughs> out, like to get into Chop Suey. A thousand dollar bill or like a thousand dollars in fives and no, like ten hundred dollar bills, like hit the ground. And I was just like, do I step on it and yeah. like pocket it? And then I was like, ah, I don't know. I like yeah. Green Day and this guy is a nice guy, so I like gather- we gathered it up and gave it back to him, you know. And then he got proceeded to get so drunk. Oh, I remember that his bodyguard had was like, "Yeah, he can go with you guys. Just give me your cell phone number in case I need to like get in touch with you later." He got so drunk that we just put him in like Dave's van, and like we're like let him sleep it off or whatever, yeah. and just like <laughs> <laughs> locked him in there. You know, because we're going back in the bar. Yeah, like, we can handle this. We're going back in the bar. <laughs> So I get this call from his bodyguard. He's just like, hey, where is he? And he's like, oh, we left him in this van on Broadway or, you know, John or whatever the fuck it was, whatever street that chop suey was on. And he's like, is he going to be okay in there, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, we just locked the door and, like, left him in the van or whatever. He's like, how's he going to get out? I'm like, unlock the door. (laughs) I unlock the van door for him all the time. He's probably dead. He doesn't know how to do it. 
Oh, fuck. Anyways. So, from Bakersfield, so then as soon as you got out of high school, you are like, I'm going to Seattle. Yeah. that's what I did, too. Yeah. There, I mean, the big part of it was that it was just the two friends that... Because Bakersfield was kind of like you escape from it immediately right. or you don't. It yeah. was sort of like the vibe then. Totally. And, you know, I've uh, had my chance because I had two friends that lived in, uh, in Queen Anne. And they said, you can stay in our basement until you find a place. Were they from Bakersfield? From Bakersfield, yeah. yeah a couple older, a couple years older friends yeah. that a guy I skated with and a girl. And, uh, but also, I remember there was a cool, like the cool band in town was called Lily Cigar. In Seattle? No, no, in Bakersfield. Oh, okay. And they were like the older, like 20-year-old guys. Right. They would hang out with us at 17 right. to hit on our... 17 year old <laughs> yeah. friends they hadn't slept with yet yeah and uh but once in a while people in that scene would move to bakersfield and there'd be a big part or move to la from bakersfield and there'd be like a big party for them Bakersfield's like, only an hour and a half from yeah LA, but really. it was like a big deal yeah you know and when you're that young and yeah. they would always come back like in a couple months you yeah because it was just like la's they harder were used to be in a, like a big fish in a small pond sure you know? and which was my impression i don't know if that's true la is probably harder than seattle back then yeah to go to i would imagine yeah so but i just i remember going like i don't want to move to anywhere close because i don't want to like wimp out and right come crawling back you know? right so i figured seattle was far enough away and then what were you going to do when you got there no plan at all. Yeah. <laughs> Play grunge music. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're late. Yeah. You're late. I showed up, uh, it's like like two, what is it? Yeah, like two years late and like with a black acoustic bass. Wow. <laughs> bass? Was it Kramer? Uh, I don't know the yeah. brand. It had a terrible like triangle headstock. It was the grossest thing you'd ever seen. Why did you have that? I... Were you playing, did you play bass in... Junkies or whatever. Uh, yeah, I played bass. Was that in the that. first band that you played in? Yeah. Okay, and so you and you started out as a bass player. Mm, yeah, because it was. I mean, it was easier than guitar. Like, right. it didn't occur to me that you could just be bad at it and like make that your strength. I guess. Right. You know. Yeah. Or basically play the bass on the guitar. Right. You know, I couldn't shred or like didn't know a lot of weird chords and right. stuff. So you go to Seattle and you got the acoustic bass and then you're, you're what year was this? 96? 93. No, 93. Yeah. You weren't that late though. No. Nirvana was still, I mean, yeah, Kirk Cobain I was, was still alive. Yeah, I saw them play a secret show with Tad at the King Cat Theater. Oh, that wow. That was amazing. Love Tad. Playing uh, like pre-in utero. Yeah. Like playing that set list. Yeah. But like super casual doing like jokey Led Zeppelin covers and Seasons in the Sun and stuff like that. Right. It was great. And then like Scentless Apprentice or whatever. Yeah. That was my... I remember them starting that song. <laughs> that was song. my favorite song. They played it like second or third and he starts with that guitar riff and you're going, what? And then he stopped and went, oh wait, you the drums start this song. It's <laughs> like you're like just figuring out this masterpiece. Right. It was great. Um, and so then before before the intelligence and you, you did the A-frames though. Was that the first? No, you had other bands no, before no, that. No, I had a bad, bad, like, I not I, I don't. What would you call it? Post grunge? Like we were really into Jesus Lizard. Toy Train? No, this was called Herder. Oh, Herder! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the first. Band. Yes, that was because I went. You guys to had the, a single on Sub Pop. Though. We did. Yeah, yeah. We That's got to be like that. Would, it had to be exciting though. Oh yeah, 
when I came, I remember coming home for Christmas and telling my dad, because this was when they were in, Sub Pop was in the bigger offices. Yeah, yeah. And he had to go up there and like sign a contract. Right. And for a single. For a single. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember just going like, this is, dad, I don't think you understand what I'm telling you. Like, this is my chance. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yeah. You're like. You're <laughs> this not... time next year, I'm taking you to dinner. Yeah. Like, I know you, I know you think you're hot shit with this OBGYN <laughs> business yeah. here in Bakersfield, but I just. I didn't even go to college. I just signed a contract for, was it a singles club single? No. It was just a release it was on legit. It was, but. Whose idea when, was that? That was when um, there was a band, Promise Keepers. Do you remember them? Promise Keepers? They were Promise Keepers. Yeah. Which Promise Keepers was also that weird Christian. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Wait, was it that guy Dave? No. Who's the? It was a couple that was in it. And I Diane know. worked at Sub Pop. I think her name was Diane. Worked at Sub Pop and booked at the break room. Oh yeah, and so like it was like us and Bloodhag and all these bands. Bloodhag had a label called Spork. Yeah, and Herder did our first single on that, but it was like Bloodhag and Promise Keepers and right. There wasn't a lot going on. Like, no, so it was like you could play at Gibson's and you'd be the cool Friday night thing with like maybe thirty people there. Yeah, but it was before Spitz had started and. Well, okay. So what year was it when the when the single came out on Sub Pop though? Um. I would guess like 95. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird time. Like, cause that was like, that was that like post grunge kind of hangover Yeah, for Seattle. Because I was like, I started going to Seattle to see shows in like 96. Like that was like, you know, I got my license. That was when I was 16. So we would like me and Kevin would uh, drive up on the weekends to go uh -huh. see shows. But there was like, the grunge thing obviously was like kind of dead, so it was like the shows that we were going to were like straight up like punk shows, like yeah. Mohawk dudes and stuff like that. So other than that, I had no idea what was going on in Seattle. And then by the time I got there in '98 and started working at Sub Pop, and that's what we were playing too a lot too. Yeah, like playing because like the Lake Union Pub. So we'd play with bands like Bristle. Yeah, and um, we played with Bristle too. Like, yeah, when I was like sixteen. North years old. American Bison. Yeah, we and, loved uh, North American Bison. Oh, there was another Monster Truck Driver. Monster Truck Driver. Uh, piss drunks. Piss drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Joey Piss Drunk booked at the break room for one second and wouldn't let us play. Yeah, we wouldn't set up on the stage. Yeah. What about, oh, there was a, that woman, Audrey, that booked there, too, I remember. Um, what the fuck? She booked, Audrey Henley was her name. I remember her. Yeah, like, she was, like, an Asian girl. Yeah. She booked She it. kind of what was, like, North American Bison's, like, manager. Yeah, I think that was, like... She Whatever was, that means when you're playing at the Lake Keenan Pub. But. Yeah, I think that's how we knew her, was because we liked North American Bison, and she was like their manager. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, she's super cool. We used to stay at her house, like Kevin and I, like in like, you know, in West Seattle, and then drive down to the Lusty Lady in the morning. <laughs> we, I can't sleep. <laughs> I think we went to the. I think we went to the Lusty Lady one time at like two in the morning, and we got a flat. <laughs> we got a flat tire, and uh, we were trying to t change the the tire on the side of the road. And it's and it was like in a one of those pickup like pickup trucks where the where the um the spare is like underneath yeah. the truck. 
and you're supposed to like jam that thing into the hole and crank it down so the tire comes down. Yeah. But we didn't know how to do that because we just like we just started driving. I stared at that befuddled like yeah. in my thirties. You have to like yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I I only know how it is because it, but we had to call Kevin's dad at like three in the morning to ask him. And he's just like, "What are you oh. guys doing driving around?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were like, "Oh, we went to get food." Yeah, or something you know. Went to the doghouse. Yeah. So the Herder, I remember that Herder seven inch when I worked there in the in the mailroom and just being like, "What is this?" Like you know, we the, had no clue, and it was uh, you know <clears throat> was really in a shellac and Jesus lizard yeah. and those kind of I don't know what you call that. Uh, now I call it like kind of like in a weird way it's like dad rock I feel like, but like back I mean Jesus lizard was like the, I was gonna say that earlier was like Jesus lizard was the other band besides Jane's Addiction. Like in high school for me, yeah. That like everyone liked, yeah. Like if you like Nirvana and stuff, and like Green Day or whatever, or, you know, any of those bands, like that was that was fine. But if you were like at all, like in if you knew about Discord, mm-hmm. if you knew about DC, like if you knew about like Quicksand or like yeah. bands like that, it was like Jesus Lizard was like the cool. Band. Quick sounds like if I smoke enough pot, it almost sounds like the Jesus Lizard. <laughs> yeah. All the really cool people were like, all the really cool bands in the Tri Cities were like going for that Jesus Lizard kind yeah. of thing. That like really like like kind of really well played bass and like drums, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, and I just remember like like this older girl like showing me Jesus Lizard and just kind of like being like, "Oh, you're into this? Like, you know, this is so cool." Yeah. You know? I wonder about the not that anybody wants to hear why I think those fans are cool, but it's I want to hear why. But they t- it's because there's actual space in it, you know. Yeah, they can all play, so they rip. But who yeah. cares about that? But it's like, oh, there's moments where the guitar is not playing. The guitar is not necessarily the lead instrument. Yeah, which was is was influential to me to go like, oh, so if you aren't just all playing all the time, right. it's going to sound cool when you do. Right. And spots. Well, I think that you. I mean, you definitely do that. I mean, you've definitely been doing that in 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 your bands. I think there there's a lot of that in a frames. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of like, <clears throat> uh, there's just a lot of men's bass. You know, where Aaron would cut out on the guitar. Yeah, and then you were doing a lot of like, uh, kind of minimalist, like kind of repetitive drum parts, but also like you guys used to do the thing where you put like the cymbal on the fucking. Uh, like floor tom yeah was that what it we was we put it on the snare sometimes oh on too. the snare yeah on both but yeah and yeah we'll... they that was aaron's idea um but that was uh like a pussy galore influence thing like he just thought that's what they were doing before yeah he saw uh whatever junk pile radiator that they're actually playing right 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 well that was, yeah that was i just remember that was the first time i'd kind of seen like thought of like oh like doing something weird the drums as like a new concept or whatever you know um where did like so how did how did that band start then like where did you meet those guys they went herder played they had a band called ben sinister oh right that was um we would both play to not very many people at uncle rocky's right and uh they had made a demo tape that uh kanan who plays drums with us now who i've known forever he was in herder too but uh, they had this demo tape that was just, I was obsessed with. It still, to this day, sounds so good. It's the Ben Sinister one? Yeah, it's this, it's, has, 
it doesn't sound like the A-frames. It's more like uh, like A-frames meets like scientists or something. Yeah, has tremolo-y guitars and stuff like that. But it's like more rock and roll, maybe. Mm, like like Chicago weird rock and roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not really, but kind of not mathy like that post rock stuff, but just sort of out there. Swampy. Swampy, but like not with bad riffs. Right. Like odd odd notes. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I never saw that I, I never saw I never saw that band. That was I think I just like missed them. They only I saw them a couple they were great. I saw them a couple times and then uh they uh their bass drummer quit. And they tried out a few people, and then they just asked me to do it. But I had I had barely like taught myself to play drums, doing demos at home, and yeah. playing in that toy train band and stuff. Right. But they wanted somebody who they could just that they liked hanging out with, but they could just tell exactly what to play because their old drummer was a he would he was great, but he would kind of do the like fills that were a little too much for like, right. what they wanted to do. Right. And what they told me was that they were doing that and then they saw Lake of Dracula play for nobody at Gibson's. Right. And it was like just so stripped down and rude and awesome that they went, oh, we're doing it wrong. Let's do it like that. Right. And so they made that Fire Saw single that was on Spork and I heard that when I was in Herder and I went, oh, we're doing it wrong. <laughs> Let's do it <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Lake of Dracula, that was Weasel Walter. Yeah, what? playing guitar. What is he? What is that guy doing? Now? I think he's still doing those weird. I'm, he has the um, Flying Lutenbachers, which oh, yeah. is him playing crazy drums and yeah, free. Was that from Chicago? Jazz from Chicago, but I think he lives in Oakland now. Okay, he master and he does mastering stuff. He mastered the Icky Baby record. Right, right. Um, God, it's funny when I was thinking about doing this interview, I was like. I totally didn't even fucking think about the A-frames, but it's like I knew you from the A-frames for so long yeah. before even. At what, what, what point did Intelligence start during the A-frames? It was it was actually right at the pretty much same time. I had heard her had broken up, and I just started, and I was playing in Toy Train with Shannon, who's in Light Asylum, yeah. for a little bit. Um, that was so funny when she came to our show in new york she's the best audience member you could ever have <laughs> yeah. when the pulses were in the band for a minute we played this weird all ages show at like somewhere in seattle with this big tall stage and yeah kids are just staring at us not knowing what to make and she strolled in and is dancing crazy the whole audience scoots away from her yeah <laughs> and then she's pounding on the stage facing yeah. us but going what's wrong with these people yeah <laughs> And she like looks like she's in like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Yeah, she's amazing. We it's funny when we were in just like the last European tour for some reason. Like we got I got in this thing with the driver. Not like we just got into this conversation where it was like, why some bands are like do really well in Europe and like some bands do really well in the states. And then mm -hmm. like because he's like knew all these bands from the states that I'd never fucking heard of. And then I knew all these like European bands that he's never heard of, you uh -huh. know. But like, <clears throat> we were we were talking about Light Asylum, and we listened to that. I can't remember what what their like biggest song was. Um, I don't know. They had one song that was like kind of a hit over yeah. here, and it was it was just big when it came out. And then I I kind of didn't really pay attention to it that much here when it came out. But then the the van driver kept playing it, and I got really into that fucking song. And then I was thinking, she was in Image, right? Yeah. And so Image, which was 
Jimmy, J I M I, spelled backwards. Yeah. They played it. Uh, they played in the Tri Cities. Oh, I bet. When I was a kid. Yeah. And saw them at the same place I saw Fugazi, which was like the Hoedown, which was the, or no, not the Hoedown. It was the, the um, fairgrounds, we called it, you know. She is from like Eastern Washington, I think, too. Really? Like from Spokane. Maybe. Okay, yeah, I think she is from Spokane. And I hope I'm not getting the story wrong, but um, she, I think she's from Spokane, and I was reading Get in the Van. Uh-huh. Rollins book yeah and he plays Spokane and gets he says I walk out on on stage and get a water balloon immediately in the nuts and then he like rips on Spokane and he goes like you know you can tour and do this Spokane will just always be where I get a water balloon in the nuts <laughs> and Shannon tells me oh man I saw a black flag back in the day me and my cousin we filled up all these water balloons and told <laughs> it to him. that's awesome <laughs> but no way that's funny man yeah yeah she's a trip Okay, so you you played with her in Toy Train. Yeah. And then, Toy. okay, what happened? I'm sorry. What... I don't know what, Toy Train just sort of kind of fizzled out, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe she was moving. Maybe she moved to New York then. I can't really yeah. remember. But I was just doing demos in the garage for fun because I got a four track. Right. And started learning like, okay, if I do a Drum, drums first and then add a bass to it and guitar I can make these songs by myself that are Herder was you know trying to sound like shellac in the Jesus Lizard but couldn't you yeah know? like no, I couldn't I scream good I put way too many parts in the song because right. I was like embarrassed of what was happening while it was happening right. I was like let's just move on yeah um so doing stuff at home like from those limitations I think started writing just kind of catchier yeah you know surfy kind of stuff because that beats easy to play and stuff like that yeah um and then that i just came up with the name the intelligence and the kind of thought behind it was that if it's if i'm the main member then it doesn't because the herder breaking up we were all like best buddies and it was like painful yeah you know got in a huge fight and all this stuff yeah i know nothing and about i that. went if i just do this then the band can't ever break up <laughs> right. break. that's where i'm at right now <laughs> That's where I am currently. Yeah, and that's it's that's how every band in 2017 is now. Like I know everybody's figured that out. It's but fucking I was, crazy. This was like ten years before Jay Retard, man. I know like. you were the original guy. <laughs> you, it used to be like almost like kind of a joke. Like like I remember like uh, people would say like, "Oh man, Lars is a, must be really hard to be in a band with because he's got so many members." But now it's like I look at like like Ty or Dwyer or like. Jay Retard or any of these people like yeah. that's just like every it's like constant fucking lineup. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing was like we always kind of joked because it was like you guys had the Dragnet label and then it was like like Marky Smith had so many members. Yeah, it was kind of the similar. Yeah, which is funny because there's only like maybe one person that I don't talk to like <laughs> as a friend out of like so many people, right, you know. Right, but it's. That was just a way to like keep moving forward, you know. Somebody would move out of town. There wasn't a lot of like I can't stand this guy. There totally, were only a few people that got kicked out. Totally. But well, I think also, I mean, I, I feel like I'm coming to that sort of conclusion too. And that if you if you look at it that way going in, then it's not so like gnarly like when it happens, you know. Yeah. Because now it's like when someone goes like, oh, you know, I don't want to like. I don't want to tour anymore. And you're just like, oh yeah, I, me neither. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I, but I, I have mean, to. Once I can replace the singer and in the intelligence, yeah. like that's going to be amazing. I'll exactly. stay home. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, no, just that idea of like just being like, well, it's just gonna if it if it if it if, it, if it, the lineup changes, it changes, and not taking it so fucking personally. Yeah, I think is a good way. And I don't. know. I mean, I wanted that. You know, I wanted it to be like Jane's Addiction or yeah, the Beatles, where it was like these four people invented this idea and did. Yeah. I still think that's like the sexiest thing there is. Yeah, but you know, it's modern times, man. It's, tinder for bands yeah totally <laughs> well it's just suck it's so fucking it's like it's so hard you know it's so hard to make fucking money so it's like yeah when it whenever anyone, that's the other thing that i you know i've said it's like you know to it people that want to get in this sinking ship you know it's few and far between of people that can totally handle that i think you know i think a lot of people like they they have this kind of romantic idea of like we're gonna start the band together and then it's like you know, if you're if you're only gonna like play in town and you're all gonna keep your regular jobs that you have mm-hmm. and everyone's gonna be just cool with like staying there, then it's probably gonna last a really long time. Yeah. You know, but it's like as soon as you fucking put something on the line and fucking go on the road or like and then you guys all come back and you've just found out like that you actually don't like this person that you thought you did, yeah. and then now you're just like broke and you need to find a job and then someone's like hey let's have practice on thursday and you're like no i just fucking i gotta get a fucking job like yeah. then it's really shit gets different really quickly yeah and so much of it is downtime that it's like it's you gotta be with people that you love or at least Dude. can really stand to be around you know i know i just like i like i quit smoking after this last european tour and it's like i haven't had a cigarette since we got home which was april so like however many months that is and that's like my biggest fear about like going on tour again back out and just being in that not not like not smoking just being fucking bored yeah you know like i'm more afraid of like i'm not afraid that i'm gonna start smoking again i'm afraid that i'm gonna be like bored for six i'm like dreading that boredom yeah of the like four hours before you play and before that it was just like cool smoke cigarette you know Get too fucked up to Get even do the show. Up. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, nobody cares. We're leaving. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. And I just like, yeah, it's just weird. It's like I can't get that fucked up anymore and I can't smoke cigarettes anymore. And now I'm just like, and I just like, I, I'm dreading yeah. that boredom. Well, and doing it, you know, I'm, I mean, real musicians that make money go crazy on the road. Yeah. And they have a hotel room that they can go to. Like, okay, I totally. guess I could go to the gym in the hotel and maybe I'll go swimming and watch tv but when you you're have still watching to go, the fucking clock yeah, the entire time totally. though too you're yeah. still like at eight i have to go which is like you know working in a restaurant that's like it's almost similar in the way of like today i'm like i know i gotta go somewhere at four versus like if you work a job like nine to five you just wake up and you go there's no finishing point yeah on tour like yeah you know uh aaron from the spits he said talking about especially european tours but he's like i can't stand it. it's like it's like being trapped on a fishing boat. Like I decided to be a fisherman in Alaska and I can't go home for a month. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's like, yeah. and in Europe, it's like so much better too. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you, would you ever like tour the States again? You think like, I mean, obviously if it was like a money thing, you know, we all would, but I just mean like, do you have aspirations to like tour the States and go out there and make $300 a night again? No. 
But you go back to Europe. I would definitely. Yeah. yeah. Europe is so much different, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. What drives me crazy is just the hours in the van. Yeah. Like that's starting to mentally get to me. Yeah. And start to feel like I'm having a nervous breakdown. That weirdly does not bother me because I really like driving. If I'm not driving, it bothers me. Yeah. I get a little weird, but like the driving part, I'm totally fine with. It's the getting to the club where they say that you have to be there at six for sound check. Yeah. And then you get there and the sound guy's not there. Yeah. Till nine. Oh, yeah. And you're not playing till 11 and you're there for five hours just seated. That's the fucked up part well yeah and you're up there like be here at 2 p.m no. i remember being on <laughs> I remember even being, that's even worse yeah, you play at 2 a.m yeah. i remember being uh on tour with the a-frames and one of my oh. favorites was a club calling men and they're like what time we we're you know at aaron's mom's house or somewhere where we could actually relax and they went men said what time do you i'm hearing just men say this and he goes what time do you want us there no, four is ridiculous. We'll be there at nine. And things <laughs> just went, could you be our, my manager? Like yeah. It was such a one-second response that went, yes, that's what I should have been saying for the last 10 years. I think, well, I think that, you know, A-Frames, you know, from what I n- know of you guys and hanging out with you guys when we did in Seattle and stuff, it's like, you know, I think probably, you know, Aaron has a reputation of like being like kind of a hard person to deal with or whatever, but like, if, if you look at it that way, like the way we're like looking back on it now, like mm-hmm. I kind of think like, oh man, like he didn't really lose anything that like, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not like he got this, like it didn't like, he didn't, you guys didn't really tour. Like you didn't do like a full U.S. tour. Yeah. You didn't have to like fucking. We did one, like once a year, we would do a big tour. Like 30 shows? We toured out to New York like twice a-frames yeah and did something where we like maybe went out to went out to texas and oh came i back. thought you guys did like maybe like a week or so no we would do like a three-week tour oh, okay like That's longer once than a year. i thought yeah okay um and i mean i remember seeing you guys in new york i just mean in the sense of like he didn't destroy his life trying to make the band happen yeah or just like or just like put your put your uh ideals or thoughts like on how things should go like behind trying to like please some fucking like club booker yeah you know in the middle of nowhere you know like it's always like you know sometimes like i'm laying in bed in my fucking sleeping bag on the floor (laughs) (laughs) just thinking like like regretting how nice i was to the fucking people at the club Uh you know what i mean like if like if they're nice like that's one thing yeah but just being like you know, someone telling you that you had to be there at a certain time and then you're just going like, okay, sure. And like, just being like, totally like, yeah, I'll, I'll show up eight hours before my job, my yeah. shift, you know, and being totally okay with that. And then, just and then spend $120 on your beers. Yeah, exactly. The and then they're like, here's your there. two paps yeah. or whatever. And, you know, just like that feeling of like, oh man, I, I feel like I got kind of taken advantage of, you know, like in that sense, Yeah, you know. So I feel like he maybe he had good like a it's sometimes it's like like what you're saying about men it's just like that that phone call it's like sometimes it's just better to yeah they're I mean they're smart no nonsense guys yeah I mean, just to like think of it as like in a, in a business sense a little bit not like 
you know, like not, not trying to screw anyone over, but just to be like, I have to take care of myself a little bit. Yeah. On this whole thing. And it's when you firmly tell them that it's, they don't care. They don't give a but shit. But it takes you so long to figure that out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're just so like, oh, if I, if, if I, if I piss off this guy in Tucson, we'll never play here again. Yeah. You know, like that fucking <laughs> mentality. Like anyone gives a fucking shit, you know? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> well, so where let's let's just see where where are you at now then because we're i mean fuck this this could be like a three-hour podcast <laughs> if i let it go like i mean if we just told every fucking story yeah. maybe we have to do a part two at we some can. point we can do a part two we, we, the plan was to get drunk but now i gotta go to work i think it's better this way anyway i think we should do a drunken one though i'm not drinking right now you're not uh-uh. at all at all well let me know when you start again yeah. <laughs> be any minute we'll <laughs> <laughs> do a podcast yeah um so what's going on now with the with the band and and like intelligence popular shape or popular shapes i'm looking at the fucking popular shapes <laughs> thing on here because i was gonna bust that, your balls that's a whole time. other yeah episode yeah uh intelligence has a we're kind of laying low right now we have a live record coming out on castle face at it's some like a live point. in san francisco yeah one? we did it at vacation oh yeah about a year ago that's done um i think it's just when dwyer is not too busy to piece it together yeah those guys are so fucking busy. yeah um so that's what the intelligence is doing we have a show in december in seattle but um really just working on solo Solo record that I recorded here in town with Ty and some different people. Yeah. That um, I think comes out in October. And that's going to be on In the Red, too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'll probably just talk about it in the intro, but then uh, before, if I don't forget, then we're going to play that show um, with you guys and Zigzags and OCs. That's August 31st? I think it's August 30th. August 30th? Yeah. i got to look at it again. Let me look at it real quick. Hold on. I thought, it was, I thought it was the fucking 31st. It's the last day of August, but I can't remember if there's 30 or 31 days oh, in yeah. August. Um, but I liked your text that said, hey, we got to do the podcast to promote that show. And I went, show's sold out, man. You can't it, promote it any harder than that. Is that what you said? No, that's why I said in my brain. Oh, it's eight. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't I texted know. back, cool, it's man. It's sold out? Yeah. Already? Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. That's crazy. You get Lars Finberg opening up the show, man. That's what happens. Yeah, I know. I I, that, I got you on the show. <laughs> Thank you. I texted you super hammered. And yeah. Like, I you know. said ticket sales are soft. We need <laughs> Lars Finberg to open this thing. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea that it was sold out. Well, fucking yeah. A. Well, still, I, don't, I haven't even fucking done anything like with it yet or about announcing it. Right. I don't it's, think it's you the have 31st. to when the OCs are playing. Yeah, I know. Good for, good for them. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, it's the 31st. 31st, okay, yeah. I got it. I'll intro it, because um, the other thing is, uh, real quick, is that we also have another record coming out, the Unnatural Helpers record. That's right. You want to talk about that real quick? That is, uh, we, what ha- I don't, all that started was seeing Dean Whitmore comes to LA and doesn't tell anybody, yeah. and I just randomly, like see him, I randomly see him at a show, and... I think he texted me the day of, like, being yeah. like, hey, I'm coming to L.A. today. And I'm just yeah. like, cool, I'll just, like, quit my job <laughs> so we can hang out. Yeah. Dean, with Unnatural Helpers is Dean's band yeah. that he started. And we were both the well, at one point, primary members that, like, never technically got kicked out or told what was happening or anything. I think at one point the joke between all three of us was that... <laughs> 
was that the unnatural helpers and the intelligence was like the exact same lineup with everyone playing the exact same instrument, but it was two different bands. Oh, right. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, <laughs> the only difference was that Dean sang yeah. versus you singing, but yeah. I, I just played bass or whatever. But it was just, I just thought I was, I always thought that was kind of funny that we had two bands going coinciding well with and other. diapers was me and dean and that was min and uh aaron oh aaron right but that was i like that dragnet era when we just like went why do we have to play with a bunch of different people if these are the six people i can stand yeah yeah no and it was cool and then like yeah and tom played for a little while too but it was like yeah it was like just like kind of just rotate all the people it was like uh what do you call it um 20 feet from stardom or something <laughs> <laughs> the wrecking crew. <laughs> uh, shit. Twenty feet. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, seeing him, uh, just then we went and got a beer, me and you, and then it just made me remember those recordings that yeah. never came out, and went back and listened to them, and I like them. Yeah. And then I sent it, and then I you sent it to me, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna see. I like was like emailed you guys, and I was like, I'm gonna see if. I can get a record label to put this out by like next week or whatever. Yeah. And then I emailed a bunch of people and everyone was like really into it. Um, what's the guy in, uh, I think what's the guy from Matador Gerard Cosley. Yeah. He wrote me back and said he really liked it, but he really? wasn't, yeah, but he wasn't putting out any records at the time or something like that. Or, wow, but he wrote cool. me back a nice email about it, which I was He's... really, great guy yeah i I've, I've never really met him but I've, I've emailed him a couple times and every time he's like gotten right back to me and been super cool um and then yeah cyrus over at famous class was stoked on it so now we're doing it yeah 17 year old how long is those recordings from shoot when are they from i don't know i want to say like 2001 maybe well if intelligence started in 99 it had to be like not more than three years yeah, Three 2002 or four years maybe. After that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Flies off the shelves. <laughs> we're going to Yeah, we're going to promote it. We're going to do I'll, I'll do I'll do something. I'm going to do something. I don't yeah, know. Dean can fly us up for his 60th birthday. Yeah, he can open up. He can play, yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to uh Oh yeah, we're at a fucking hour. This is a good one. Um, I wanted to see if you could name all of the former members of the intelligence. I can try. Yeah. Uh, there is, it started with me. Yeah. Me, Dean. Uh-huh. Min, Mike Wern. Uh-huh. Min left. Did Joe Claxton play after Min? Uh... Aaron played for a second. Oh, wow. There's even more. There's even more than that are yeah, on Whatever the... list you have is abridged. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually i can't prove it then yeah okay well see you can tell me if it's if i'm doing all right no you're doing all right yeah um okay then after joe left uh joe was a girl right the australian yeah. joe girl. claxton from yeah. the great band heroic tree right 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 I is married her. to men now too. i remember her yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah uh, she was great she played for a little bit and then you played after joe wow i was that early yeah wow and then uh, then Dean left, and it was Matthew, me, Kimberly, and Min again. Yeah. Okay. 
Min was in there, I think, three times. Min again. <laughs> then that exploded. I only have names, so I don't know like, okay. who was when. Okay. And then after that, it would, that was when the Popular Shapes joined. Oh, right. So that was Lee, Calvin. Lee and Calvin. And Nicholas. Lee is Calvin. Yeah, yeah. Lee is Calvin. <laughs> I'm not used to calling him Calvin, so I get confused. I know. I'm not used to it either. It's Nicholas, weird... and, Nicholas and Calvin. Yeah. And me and Matthew, and then it was, uh, then I did Deuteronomy by myself, and then it was the Pulses joined, so it was Dave Ram, mm-hmm. Shannon, mm-hmm. me, and Trent. Trent. Yeah. Trenty Baby Trenty from, baby, uh, who's in my original band, the Ninja Boners. I forgot he was in that. In high school. Rudal Skankovic. Rudal Skankovic yep. was a ska band. Corn pie hat. <laughs> Uh, okay, then after that was, um, I remember Kanan joined after Dane Ram, so it was me and Shannon and Kanan, right? And then it was me, Susanna and Kanan, right? And then it was me, Susanna and Kanan and Perv Bird. That's what's Perv Bird's name? Perv Bird's name is Kurt Prutzman. <laughs> no, that's right. The professional man. The professional man. Yeah. What is the professional man? It's his band. It's kind. Is it current? No. Well, oh. I don't know if he's doing yeah. it now. It was at that time. It kind of sounded like a GSL kind of. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Sounded a little bit like the intelligence, but with that kind of list shock. Like more like. Yelly. Like a little more like angular and no- yeah. noisy. Or uh-huh. like, yeah. Okay. Kurt Pretzman. Kurt Pretzman. And then what was. Oh, and Bryn. Yeah. Then Kanan left. Bryn in the middle of tour. And Bryn joined in the Kanan middle of tour. left in the middle of tour? Yeah, he quit in New York. Really? And Bryn had gotten kicked out of Eat Skull. Why did Kanan leave that time? We got in a big fight. Oh, yeah. shit. Perf Bird was just a nightmare, and yeah. that's a whole other episode. Sure. Yeah. But I think that the frustration in dealing with him made me and Kanan lash out at each other. Yeah. We played a huge U.S. tour that was totally crappy until we got to New York. Yeah. And then we played, it was Glasslands, like an anniversary show or something. So it was like Blank Dog's first show. Crystal Stilts, I think Vivian Girls. Right. Um, just a ton of that really great, like pre captured tracks, New York era. Right. So it was like all that six stuff was coming out like really bands. fast. Uh, yeah, and, maybe yeah. like maybe Tyvek and just that kind of uh, whatever. That yeah. weird, cool era. Anyways, we played that show and it was he, the Herbert got, I don't know if he showed up on drugs or what, but he was like, could not play and had just, his eyes were dilated, like his whole, there were no whites in his eyes. Yeah. And I was going, you're late, dude, what are you doing? It's time to set up. And he didn't understand what I was saying and like started taking my guitar cables out of my hands. Oh my God. Shaking them loose, going, what are you doing? Put your amp on stage. Like, you're a nightmare. (laughs) And we played and he you know, had his own issues, so he didn't play that loud. We started yeah. calling it the treacle tone because he would just turn his amp quieter and quieter so that you couldn't hear a mistake or right. self-confidence or whatever. But I remember being in front and turning around, and Kanan and Susanna are just glaring at him with this, like, playing the show like yeah. as hard as they can, but just this death stare while he's, like, flailing wow. over in the corner playing a different song. So, Kane, anyways, Kanan and I got in this big fight after yeah. that for I don't know why. Because you can't, it's like, I've been in that situation too before where it's like you can't talk to the super fucked up person. Yeah. Because it just doesn't. It won't do anything. It doesn't do anything. So you end up fucking freaking out on the only other people that like 
you like it's will like understand having a you. screaming fight with your wife after a bad day at work or something yeah you know it's like totally I can't yell at dave in accounting so i'm gonna smash this dish on the floor with totally the man. person i love oh like, god that's, it was, that's I know. how i see it maybe yeah no it makes it total sense but, i mean i think yeah. It, it, yeah i think when you're in i think if you're in a band and you toured you'd like totally understand this yeah. just like the people that you like maybe relate to the most are the ones that you end up like kind of getting in the most arguments with yeah. or whatever. Cause the other people are just like, I'm not even going to fucking, t- I can't even talk to this person. You yeah. Know? You know? This guy wouldn't just ignore him. And I, it was, I mean, it was bad. We were, I was, I wouldn't take him to, uh, the opposite direction of where we're going in the van. And we got in a fight about that. And then like, we called each other, like we're screaming on the phone at each other. And that got me so mad that I like, turned around and went back to the club to meet him to scream at each other through the passenger window. Oh, it's just one of those yeah, stupid, yeah, yeah. like, three weeks of touring the Midwest sure. has done this to me. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, uh, but he, he quit, and uh, Bryn from Eat Skull had been kicked out, and Kurt was friends with her. Right. So he's, she's stranded in New York, and our drummer's leaving. So we asked if she wanted to do it, and she, I think our... Next show was in Toledo, so she and she didn't. She had played with the Intelligence, but she didn't know us that well. Mm-hmm. So she just had to listen to the set list on earbuds while we drove for whatever it is, New York to Toledo. It's maybe eight hours or something. Yeah, with her just making notes. Oh god! And then just got there like and had to go directly on the stage and just play. Oh my god! And it was she I mean, flew to New York to meet you guys? No, no, no. Oh. She was on tour with Eat School oh. and got kicked out in New York City like two days before or something. Weird, weird timing. Weird. And I mean, you know, she had to count off these songs that she's never played in her life. Yeah. And that she did a fun. It was a to me, it was a disaster. Yeah. But and I go, what have I done? I remember just walking around in this days in parking lot for like two hours, going, what am I doing? Like. You know, uh, Jesus. but then we played at the logger house and we got there early and the PJ guy is really cool. And he let us practice for like two hours and it got fine. And I remember he came anyway. One thing I want to, my advice is you don't want to get too good, which yeah. was really like, <laughs> stop fucking playing in here at three o'clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, and then she was in the band for years and we had a blast. That's funny. Yeah. I remember we stayed with her in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. We we played the Logger House. Uh-huh. We got to Detroit. We dropped off all. Of, luckily, dropped off all of our gear at the club. Yeah. And then you're like, "Oh, there's this great barbecue place down the road. Let's go down there." We drove there. It was too packed, and so we just ate at this like diner across the street. We were there. We had been in Detroit for literally like half an hour, and we came out, and our window was smashed, <laughs> and they had stolen the GPS thing. Yeah, and we had all of our luggage in there with all of our fucking passports, and we were going to Canada tomorrow. I can't believe they didn't steal. There was a computer under the seat. They didn't steal all the money. All the money, all the suitcases. All they stole was like Susanna's uh, crumpled up bag of, uh, you know, ten thousand dollars worth of whole food vitamins. Right. <laughs> And like the GPS thing that was like, yeah. yeah, before we all had like phones or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I remember then we would like, we had to go back to the club and they like put like cardboard on the window. And then the next morning, the first thing we did was to go to get the window replaced or whatever. Yeah. But we stayed with Bryn that night. There was like a weird bonfire. Yeah. I went to, we like, went to some party afterwards. Meg White was there. Really? Yeah. Oh. Detroit. Oh, really? She lives there and knows all those people and she <laughs> went to the party? 
that's a trip. Well, I think uh, we don't need to play this fucking game as far as like... Yeah, I, you could tell I crushed it. Like, yeah, no, you got only it. Only getting I, halfway through it. You got it. No, you yeah. got it. And I, and, I, and, I, and I like the stories better than fucking just listing people's yeah. names off anyway. I should just tell a story about each person. Dave, yeah, exactly. Dave Ram only eats pancakes and cheese pizza. That's what I was going to say, because we I, I met you guys at Annie M's that one time for like breakfast or something. I don't know why. Maybe, or did you guys stay with us or something? I can't remember. I think I maybe you just came and met us, because we stayed with um, that. We stayed with Larry both times. Oh, that's we right. We did the Food Network thing and stayed with That's him. right. Yeah. I just remember like, yeah, that we went there and like, like Dave Ram ordered like pancakes or something and it came with like blueberries straw the freshest blueberries strawberries and i think it was just blueberries and strawberries i think so on top and And his first move is to take his fork and scrape all of it like off i don't even want this on the plate like i need a side plate to get this fruit out of here yeah yeah oh man that's good stuff i love him yeah he's the best um all right i think that's it Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We got to do it again. That totally. was like that. We we barely scratched the surface here. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks. Yeah.